0: Well, good morning again. We are back <clears throat> into parables. Uh, but as Dave, Pastor Dave kind of preached uh, last week, as an opening into this new type of parable, it is the kingdom of heaven is like parables. And so today we're going to read from Matthew 13. Matthew 13. So you can open your Bibles there. If you need a Bible, there is one hopefully under a seat near you. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, and in chapter 13, we are going to focus into two verses today, verse 44 and 45, and in these two verses, believe it or not, we have two parables. So we'll read there this morning, and then we will pray in verses 44 and 45 of Matthew chapter 13. Here we go. The kingdom of heaven is like The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for speaking to us in parables, and Lord, sometimes it's, it's hard to understand what the heck you were talking about, but Lord, also it's so great to get to dive in and, and kind of have truth be unveiled to us, God, and so today we just ask that you would unveil this to us. Would you give us ears to hear, faith to believe, and me words to speak? Jesus, bring clarity. It's in your name. Amen. I don't know if, if you've ever read these parables before or not, but one thing I love finding in Scripture is when we maybe read something again and we initially always thought it meant one thing and we kind of thought like we kind of understood it and then we realize or come to believe that like, oh, it's actually talking about something completely else. And I think that's often the case with these, with these parables right here in verses 44 and 45. At first, when I read throughout these, they sounded like they're kind of saying the same thing, just saying it twice, with two different examples. But that's not the case. Since it's so short, I'll just read it again. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So let's explore those differences here. First one, the kingdom of heaven is like what? It's like a treasure. Treasure hidden in a field. Pretty cool. Second one, kingdom of heaven is like what? not a pearl. It's like, it's, so it's, it's easy to kind of read this and kind of look at it and kind of feel like, okay, so the first one's a treasure and the second one is a pearl, but that's not exactly what it says. Even though it's in a similar context, the first one, it says that it's a treasure. The second one says the kingdom of heaven isn't the pearl. It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls. So in parable one, the kingdom of heaven is a treasure. In parable two, the kingdom of heaven is a merchant looking for treasure. So let's dive into these two parables today because there is a great challenge and also a great encouragement in these two verses. Let's start again with verse 44. Since it's so short, I'll just read it one more time. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. At the time of Christ, there would actually be treasures at times buried in fields. There was no banks, and so sometimes to store valuables or keep them safe from a thief coming into your home... People would take valuables and they would have a field and they would go bury it in that field and they would just know it was there. That was their savings account, their kind of their, in case of emergency place. And so as Jesus tells this story, this isn't like actually all that abnormal of what you might kind of imagine if you were there with Christ. And I picture here a man, he's walking in a field, and he just, you know, he bumps his foot on something, he's like, what is that? And he gets down, and he clears it away, and it's a chest. And as he clears the dirt away, he opens the chest, and, and what he finds is something of enormous value. More valuable than even, like, the universe. Forget the world. More valuable than anything else. So valuable that losing everything he had on earth... But getting this treasure was a happy trade-off. So valuable that if losing everything else, his whole life, it was just a no-brainer. It was a happy sacrifice. Do you see that word that, that follows in verse 44? It says, then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys the field. It's just, it, it, he's so happy. It's so worth it to him. It so he doesn't even have to think about it. It's just like, I got to buy the field. I got to buy the treasure. And, and, and it doesn't matter what it costs, because no matter what it ends up costing, I'm coming out ahead. And so I've got great joy in this. I can't believe I found this treasure. The treasure in the parable is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like A treasure. And it's the treasure of the kingdom of God and its reign over your life. Now, Pastor Dave talked about this last week, that when we talk about the kingdom of heaven is like, it's not talking and describing the physical. It's talking about the the, the reality of the reign of God, what the reign of God looks like. So it's more about reign than it is about the realm And the treasure in today's parable is the reign of God over your life. Think about that. The full exertion of God, all of God's work and attention over your life making sure that you are provided for and taken care of, that you are his child and that he can reign over you, orchestrate your life with purpose and meaning, give you eternal destination in heaven and just to be able to guide you and use you for his kingdom's sake. That is the treasure. All of the work of God, the death of Jesus for your sins, the resurrection, like I said, the gift of eternal life, the gift of purpose here on earth, the gift of a life with a calling, the gift of Him being your Lord, your Father, the gift of not having to fear death or what follows it. I mean, can you think of something more valuable than all of that? The worth of having God move in you and over you and bring His kingship over your life and bring about the best circumstances over your eternity, it's just too hard to grasp. And I'm asking you to grasp it this morning. Paul says this uh, in in Ephesians chapter 3 when he's just talking about one aspect of God's reign, which is love. And he just says in in verses 17 and 18 in Ephesians 3, he's just asking like, like, I just pray that as God, as Christ dwells in your hearts, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all of the people in the church to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep the love of Christ is. And know that this love actually surpasses knowledge. It's like beyond just a head thing. It surpasses knowledge. And that you could just be filled with the full measure of God. That God's kingdom could come over your life and you could just experience that and understand that. That is such a gift. Paul's trying to kind of say in one aspect of just like, you know, I, I just wish you could understand it. I, I, I listened to a, a great sermon. I remember when Erica and I lived in Sioux Falls, this guy preached about... Um, a pastor down there preached about everyone knows that God loves them, right? Like you kind of, you heard that so many times in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. He almost loses his, his, its effect. But he goes on to say, but do you know the love in which he loves you with? Everyone knows that God loves you. But if you knew the love that he loved you with, it would be life-changing. Not just, I know, God, you, you love me. It's like, no, with the intensity he loves you, Today we hear the treasure is not just God's love, but beyond God's love, his whole reign over your your life. Now I don't want to press the details too much because before we go on, I I just want to make this really clear. The the point of this story is that this deal is a no-brainer. That's kind of what Christ is trying to get, get across here to the people around him. If we press the details you can read into it, I think, a little bit too deeply. The parable is not saying that the kingdom of heaven can be bought, and I did want to just say that this morning. Jesus contradicts this in everywhere else we can find in Scripture. Matthew 5, 3, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom. He says, hey, woe to the rich. You've already had your reward. Mark ten fifteen, he says, truly, truly, whoever doesn't receive the kingdom like, like a child. Right? This isn't a businessman, you know, looking at a yacht and being like, all right, this looks pretty good. Getting out his wallet, you know, like, okay, so what's this, you know, what's, what's the damage here? You know, let me, I'm, I'm in, but we got to figure this out. This is not how the kingdom of God is given, right? The kingdom of God is not earned. It's not purchased. says, you know, God desires that we can just receive it like a child, that we see it, that we want it, that it excites us like the man in the parable, the treasure in the field, we uncover it, and it's like, I need, I want this. And then he gives it. The point is, is that even if it did cost you everything, it's a good deal. You would have joy. You could lose everything and still have joy. Paul in Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 tells his own version of this with his testimony. He says in Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8, he says, he kind of gives before this section his resume of how qualified and how impressive he is. And then 7 and 8 he says, but whatever gains, whatever were gains to me. I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. This is identical realities of what we hear in this first parable this morning. That Paul says, everything I've ever worked for, everything I've ever earned, I actually, it's not even hard to give them up. They're actually, I look at them as garbage compared to what I gain in Christ Jesus. Now, I know I'm beating that to death this morning. I know I'm saying that in a variety of ways, but here's why. What breaks my heart is that I think that so often we as Christians in America have stumbled on this treasure in the field and with our dreams and with our wealth and with our desire for adventure and with the freedom of our sexuality and with our political agendas, we see this treasure of having Jesus And this treasure of Jesus being the king and to bring his kingdom over our life and we're like, looks pretty good. Not too bad. I certainly do want parts of that. And I'm willing to sell some of my things and give up a few of the things that are in my life. I do want Jesus to be my savior. I do want that. But not really lord over everything. And then, when the cost gets high of following Jesus, either we walk away or we just feel burdened by our faith walk. And our faith is burden driven. Oh, poor me. I guess this is what you have to do to be a Christian. I guess this is just what you got to do. It's not fun. And it's not with joy that we do anything, let alone sell all we have. Does that make sense? That we, we don't have a joy because we don't really take time understanding what the treasure is and compared to all that we are and all that we want to do and the opportunities that we want to have freedom to explore, we, kind of, we don't really look at Christ as like, well, it does look good. I, I understand that, but we also have some pretty other good options here, Lord. And Do you, do you want this treasure that you've stumbled on in the field? And if so, where is the joy seeping out of your life right now from this miraculous deal? There's a, a, a story I've recently heard from a missionary in China. And, the, and this missionary goes uh, with a team to an unreached people group in China in a village. And as they share the gospel, the people just fall on their knees and are just praising God for it. They can't believe it. Like, sins forgiven. Victory over death. I mean, unbelievable. And people are coming to know Jesus, and one of the elders of the village comes up to the missionary and says, after telling the story of Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection, he says, When did this happen? Like when did this happen? Like a couple weeks ago, a month ago, a year ago? Like Tell me more. Like, when did this actually happen? And the missionary's like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This was like 2,000 years ago, you know? And the guy's face kind of sunk, and he said, what took you so long? I heard that. It just broke my heart. It's like... The Christians, where are the Christians that from the joy in their hearts? It's just like, I don't care what it costs, I don't care what I gotta leave behind, we gotta do something. There's so much joy. I've got this miraculous deal. I can't I can't sit still with it. I gotta go. I gotta share it. And when we talk about sharing your faith, is the first thing in your mind kind of fear of the awkwardness that might come up? Or is the first thing in your head the joy of what you're going to get to share with somebody? Isn't that interesting? With all that we know about Jesus, wouldn't you just expect there to be a joy of sharing it? A joy of, of like, oh, well, of course I'm human, it's going to be awkward, but in joy, I mean, how can I, I mean, the awkwardness doesn't compare We can be just so stubborn, can't we? How often have you maybe held back something from God? Maybe eventually he's gotten that thing from you after a little battle, after a day or a week, month, or maybe years. And then as you finally give a section of your life or some kind of habit over to the Lord, whatever it might be, you realize that it's like, wow, life is actually way better without that thing. And why is it so hard to want this treasure more than everything else? We need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. And and this is why new birth is necessary because I think there's always a side that we're battling that we actually never do want this. We as humans always want to be our own gods and, and we want to live our own life. We want to have our own reign, right? But this is where I want to bring in that second parable today. In verse 45, in verse 45, it then says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Here the parable changes drastically. See, now the kingdom of heaven, God's reign in Christ is actually the merchant looking for fine pearls. And what does that actually mean? So what's the kingdom of God looking for? Call that a Pastor Dave break. What does it mean? What's the kingdom looking for? The kingdom's like a merchant looking for what? New territory. Looking for you. God is looking for you. He always has been looking for you. And perhaps you have maybe been on the fence a bit on what parts of your life you want to give to God, but God is not on the fence about you. Even with your stubbornness or your brokenness or your sin or your attitude or your poor choices, he finds you And in his eyes, he sees a pearl of great value. You may be holding back something or some part of your life from God, but Jesus not and will not ever hold anything back from you. And when he finds you, he just has to have you. He's like, I got to have it. This is exactly what I've been looking for and he gives all that he can to buy it to buy it. He sees you and he has to have it, but it's it's worth a lot. Cuz boy, you were expensive. I'll tell you that. Because of the baggage of sin that you brought with you costed him his life. But he willingly came, willingly lived as a human, God of the universe, God of everything in flesh so that he could find you, that he could let you know of the treasure that he is, that he could let you know that the treasure that you are to him, and then he would just die to have you. And when you see that, that dedication and that love, and you see him I hope you want that rule and you want him and his reign over your life. I mean, anybody sick of ruling their own life can just be such a mess. But man, he wants you. And when you want him, he loves just to give himself all to you, all that he is. He spends, spares no expense. And Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give it all to you. It gives him pleasure to give it all to you. It's with joy that he spends all of himself on you to reign in your life, to rule over you. His reign is that treasure that we have stumbled upon in the field. And his reign brings joy. It just pushes out joy. It just makes joy pop up when you can just sit as a child in his presence, knowing that he is your father, That he has things under control, and even the poor things and the wrong things that happen in this life, he can actually turn and use for good for those that love God. That is what God's reign looks like, what his rule looks like over our lives. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for how much you love us and the love in which you love us with. God, thank you so much for the ways that you have poured yourself out, for not being on a fence about us, and even when we hold back from you, you hold nothing back from us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that You would remind us of the treasure that you are, the treasure of having you as both our Savior and our Lord. Lord, that in our joy, we would share this news. That we would sell and make sacrifices because we would know that compared to what we have gained in Christ, man, we got a good deal. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen.